0: That's why we exist and we are so excited about young adults uh, making disciples and baptizing them uh, and how God continues to do that work. I had the distinct privilege this week to have lunch with a friend of my dad's, a high school friend of my dad's. My dad passed away a year ago and and, uh, this was the first opportunity that he had to cross the border, uh, this friend of my dad's. He lives in Monterey, Mexico. But uh, they were friends in high school. And, and then when they went to college, there were an engineering school at the University of Nuevo León uh, there in Monterey. And, um, and uh, his friend, his name is Silvestre Martinez, came to trust Jesus as his Savior and Lord. Somebody shared the gospel with him in a campus ministry setting, and he decided to follow Christ. And then he went to visit my dad, who was sick at the time, and he talked to him about the gospel and helped my dad make a commitment to follow Christ and to be his disciple. And then together, these two college students uh, began to disciple each other and to grow spiritually. And, uh, and then they felt the call to surrender to ministry on a full-time basis. And so Sylvester and my dad both did that. And as they were ministering to college students uh, and they were coming to know Christ and they were getting baptized and these college students were graduating from college and really wanted to be connected to a community. And so my parents started to, uh, uh, to form a house church. And my, my dad's friend formed a house church. And these churches began to grow. And then they would multiply into other house churches. And, and for all those years, 50 to 60 years, these, these house churches have continued to thrive and to, uh, to multiply into other house churches. But for me, the privilege was to have lunch with a friend of my dad's I had not seen in person in over forty years, and there was his wife was with him, and my wife was with him, and his wife was wondering, "You guys haven't seen each other in forty years. When you last time you saw Julio, he was a kid." And uh, so, what are you guys going to talk about? Well, we talked and we talked and we shared and we talked and we shared memories for two hours. And had I not had a three o'clock appointment, I would have stayed and, and had some more coffee and some more dessert. And I realized that regardless of distance and regardless of time, that those of us that follow Jesus have a deep connection, a deep fellowship with one another. Even when we haven't seen each other, even when we're far away from each other, we reconnect and we pick up right where we started. And that's how special and how rich it is to be in fellowship with other believers, Last Sunday, Pastor Chad talked about this, the community of believers. He he looked at John chapter 15, this allegory of the vine, and he talked to us about how the believer's experience is best lived out in community. And here at Calvary, we call those grow groups. You may call them something else, maybe small groups or huddles or whatever you call them, but this idea of being in a small community with other disciples. And he answered the question of the why of grow groups. And so today we're going to continue in this uh, conversation of disciples in community. And I'm going to talk about the what of grow groups. Maybe you're in a grow group. Maybe you're in a small group already. And, and you say, how can we improve? How can we grow? How, how do we know we're doing what we're supposed to be doing? Or maybe you're not in the Grow Group and you're trying to explore this idea and you want to know more about it. So I want to call your attention again to John 15. John 15 is going to be our text for these three Sundays, starting last Sunday and again today. Because it's a very rich passage and I think it speaks to this idea of community. By the way, you may know that we have started printing... Our uh, sermon notes that were previously available online only. And, and uh, so when you come in, if you, if you grab one, you can follow the sermon. You can also make a commitment uh, in the card, a commitment for you to remember how you responded to God's word. Every time we hear God's word, we want to respond. And then on the back, it has a list of questions that you can use in your grow group or in your family to discuss uh, the passage. So John chapter 15, beginning with verse one, we'll read it again. It says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am divine; you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This portion of scripture begins with Jesus saying, I'm the true vine. He's saying, I'm I'm not just another vine. There may be other vines out there. There may be other ideas of what the vine is, but I am the true vine. And then the passage in verse eight concludes by saying, this is, To my Father's glory that you bear much for showing yourself to be my disciples. In other words, everything that Jesus is saying here is a way of saying this is how you can be a true disciple. This is how you can be connected to the true vine. This is how you can be in the genuine community of believers. And so as we look at this, this graphic way, the vine, the grapevine, we get this memorable truth that Jesus communicates to us. And it's this, Christ designed his discipling community to be in continual connection with Christ, to practice joyful obedience, and to be in loving relationships. And when these are present, then a community of believers is healthy, like a grow group, and it can be fruitful. See, it is clear in this passage that it is God's job to produce fruit. We cannot produce the fruit. That's not up to us. God does that. But it is an invitation for us to participate, to be conduits, to be positioned in such a way that God will produce his fruit through us. What we can do is to stay continually connected with Christ, to obey him joyfully, and then to grow in loving relationships. We used a graphic tool uh, before when we talked about individual discipleship, the three dimensions of an individual disciple. We, we get them from the life and ministry of Jesus, this up in and out dimensions. And uh, in Luke six, we see uh, an episode of the life of Jesus that is very representative of, of his whole life and ministry. And we see that Jesus had an up dimension. That means that Jesus was continually in prayer. He sometimes spent the whole night in prayer. Sometimes he just got up early in the morning when he was still dark and his disciples were still asleep and, and he prayed to the Father. He, he started his day in prayer. He was continually connected to the Father. He had that up dimension. And then he had an in dimension. He chose 12 to be his companions. He chose 12 to, to be with him and, and he ate with them and he laughed with them and he traveled with them and they ministered together and they answered questions and he taught them. That was his in expression, his community, those 12. And then Jesus had an out dimension. He didn't stay in the prayer closet all day. He didn't stay with his in group of disciples all the time. He went out to the multitudes that were hurting, that were hungry, that, that were sick, that were broken and alienated, and he cared for them, he healed them, and he talked to them, and he saw them, and they felt seen by him. It was the out expression of the ministry of Jesus. And so we've said before that if we wanna be Christ-like, if we want to imitate Jesus, then we need to pay attention to those three dimensions in our lives, that we need to have a dimension that it's always connected to the Father in prayer, that, that we seek His face, that we worship Him, that, that we pray daily, and that we should have an in dimension to our lives where we're in community with other believers, a, a group that knows us and that we get to know where, where we belong and when people belong and care for each other. And then that we should have an out dimension, a place where, where we care for the hurting world, a place where, where, where we love our neighbor, where we show that we love those who are outside. So that's the individual disciple dimensions, up in and out. But here, as, as Pastor Chad told us last Sunday, this is in the plural. This is not an individual message. You are the branches is plural. Y'all are the branches. So this is talking about community. And I believe that these three dimensions can be lived out in community as well. We find these here. I'm going to call them the three passions of a healthy disciple in community. The three passions of a grow group. And here they are. Healthy communities have a passion for remaining in Christ. the vine. In the passage that we just read, we see that Jesus uses the word remain eight Times verse four: Remain in me, as I also remain in you. It must, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain. And then verse five and six and seven, eight times Jesus says, "Remain, remain, remain." Other versions use "abide." Jesus says, "This is huge. This is important. He wants us to know that we need to be continually connected to Him. He's the vine; we're the branches." So we are to remain in him, connected. That means dependence. That means the sweet communion in his presence, this life-giving connection with the vine. The branches of the grapevine remain connected to the vine in order to grow. They cannot grow on their own. They cannot produce uh, fruit on their own. And so a community of disciples remains connected to Christ. A grow group cannot, Produce spiritual growth on its own. A grow group cannot have power on its own. It needs the life-giving power of Christ. The church in the New Testament was reminded of this by Paul. In Colossians 3.16, he says to them, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. The Colossian believers as individuals were were to have such a daily life of worship that God's word would dwell richly in their hearts. The gospel will fill their hearts in such a way that when they came together in those house churches in Colossae, out of the overflow of their heart, they would teach and admonish one another. They would say, look, I sang this song this week. Look, I like this psalm. I like this spiritual song. Let's sing it together. Let's remember our up dimension. Let's remember to be connected to the vine. I have the privilege of being part of a grow group. It's a grow group that meets in a home. And, and we have a chat, a group chat in, in the church app. And every day uh, around six, between six and 6.30 in the morning, somebody will post a verse of the day. And then people start chiming in. You kind of can tell who are the morning people and who are the afternoon people by the time they answer the text. But uh, people start answering and saying amen or they give a little reflection on the verse. But I appreciate the person that posts this. It's not a rule. It's just somebody that took it on themselves. Appreciate the person that posts this because it's a way to tell our grow group in the morning, remember the up, remember to look up, remember the vine, stay connected to that vine. It points our grow group every day to that up dimension. There are other grow groups that do that by reading a psalm and praying together or by singing songs when they come together. But but healthy grow groups have a passion for remaining in Christ, for worshiping together and encouraging one another to remain in Christ. Healthy communities of disciples do that. The passion for up is a passion for worship and communion with the true vine. Secondly, healthy communities or healthy grow groups have a passion for relating in love. This is, this is where we talk about the branches. You know, love is a powerful thing. Love changes things, it changes people. Love changes situations, it, it even changes history, doesn't it? We know the love of God intersected history. And it changed it. It changed my story. And it will change eternity. And we're so thankful for that love of God. In this awful and senseless invasion of Ukraine by Russia, we've seen many images and have read many headlines, have had many discussions with people about our opinions. We used to be experts on COVID. Now we're experts on international warfare, aren't we? But our emotions have gone from from anger to sadness, from from compassion to hate, uh, and there's been a lot of video clips and images that have been shared. But there's one that really caught my attention. I want to share it with you. Is that of a, a Russian soldier that has surrendered to the Ukrainians, and uh, and the Ukrainians love on him. Watch it. <laughs> Давайте поднимайтесь народом, перекрывайте трассы, дороги, мосты. А Все, Собирали войска молодых солдатов. Колонны разбитых стоят. Колонны, колонны ваших русских солдат разбитые в клан стоят. Забираются и пускай уходят пацаны. Он не зашел, попал. Он пришел, он даже не знал, зачем он шел. Сюда, к нам. Они идут по старых картам, и они блукают. Наташ, всё хорошо, Наташ, слышите? Всё, говори, 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 говори. Всё, нормально. Всё нормально. Всё хорошо. Всё. И кто-то висит. Всё. It doesn't change all the other ugly stuff that's happening, but it sure touches our hearts to know that these people who can... Considered the soldier an enemy, chose to give him a sandwich and a cup of tea because he was hungry, and to let him call his mom. What a powerful thing love is! That it could make a, a Russian soldier cry, that it could make Ukrainian people love their enemy. God is the author of love. He loved us when we were still sinners. He loved us when we were still far away from him. And he calls us that if we're going to be his disciples, that we ought to be known by our love. And we continue to read the rest of the passage in John 15, verse 9, where Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. For everything that I learned from my Father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. In this previous section that we read, Jesus used the word remain eight times. In this section... Jesus uses the word love nine times. Love, God's love, our love for him, our love for one another. In verse nine, in verse 10, in verse 12, in verse 13, in verse 17, this is my command, love one another. And the reality is that God's love is meant to be experienced in community. Spiritual growth happens in the context of loving relationships best. Following Jesus is not a solo exercise. There are some people who say, oh, my faith is very personal. If I could just kind of have a prayer life and I could just concentrate on God one-on-one and I don't have to worry about other people, I don't have to deal with those people over there, then I can just grow spiritually. But Jesus doesn't give us that option. He says, you, you as you stay connected with me, you are to love one another. My, the growth and the fruit that I want to give you is in the context of loving relationships. And those loving relationships have, have various expressions. Fellowship is one of them. And that's one of the things that, uh, that's the most enjoyable aspect of a community in Christian fellowship is, it, it, rather it's fellowship. Uh, and there are many of you here that are part of a grow group or, or a community. And uh, there's something very special that happens when we break bread together. There's something very special that happens when we, when we sit at the table and we see each other and we hear each other, and we listen to each other. Uh, Christian fellowship, many of our grow groups have fellowships around food. And, and I love being a pastor because I get invited to a lot of them. I don't get to make it to all of them. And I don't have a favorite. Uh, because they're all great but man when I go to the Pearl uh, that's that's like a spread like you've never seen it's like Filipino heaven of food uh, and fish and dishes that that are there and it's such a great thing to go and and get some food and sit across brothers and sisters in Christ and and eat together and laugh together and then get dessert and uh, and continue to fellowship. What a great thing that is. That's part of loving one another is, is to, to share a meal together, to, to share a meal as a group. But also uh, when we love one another, uh, we're also caring for each other. We're also making sure that we're okay. And a lot of you in your group groups do that. You care for people. In your group, there's there's a, a grow group in our church called the Bricklayers, and and uh, they have two expressions. One uh, meets at 9:30, and the other one meets at 11 o'clock. Um, and one uh, of the members of the 9:30 Bricklayers uh, has had a really rough several months. Uh, he hasn't been able to work because uh, he's had problems with his knee and he's had multiple doctor's appointments and his surgeries have gotten postponed and, and the rent piles up and, and there's all kinds of challenges that come and, and, and his grow group has, has come around him. He, he used to get to church riding a bicycle, but now he can't do it because of his knee. So they give him a ride. And, and, and that's how they care for him. That's, that's what grow groups are about is to, to care for people when they're going through hard times or, or through good times. And, and there are many other stories of ways that you care well for the people in your grow groups and we're so thankful for that. And then another aspect of loving each other that sometimes we don't think about is obedience. Jesus says that, that if we love him, we'll keep his commandments there's a connection between love and obedience. And you might say, well, obedience is a personal thing. I mean, if, if Jesus is calling me to do something, it's my responsibility to obey him. And you're right. But community helps us. Community encourages us to, to obedience. It it helps us to, to be accountable. It, it, it helps us to, to want to be obedient. You know, this is the wonderful thing about love, that love welcomes people unconditionally that that a, a grow group can accept people in their group regardless of who they are regardless of where they've been or what they've done that's love love is to accept people just the way they are because God loves us just the way we are but love doesn't stop there true love doesn't stop there True love says, I love you unconditionally. I love you just the way you are, but I want to challenge you to grow to be like Christ. I want to challenge you to obedience. I want to challenge you not to stay where you are. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're having a hard time right now, and I want you to know that we're here. We love you. We're going to encourage you. We're going to pray for you, but don't stay here. God has a plan. God wants to work in your life. And so let's make sure that we obey together. Let's be obedience driven. This love is developing a relationship with one another, with God's word. We, we can be obedient when we open the word. In the book of Acts, we see a, a community of disciples who did this well. Acts 17, 11 and 12. It says, now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. For they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. This group of believers received the message. They they went to the scriptures to see if it was true every day. They were searching the scriptures and it led them to believe. In other words, God's word produced change in their lives. And that's what God's Word is supposed to do. It's supposed to produce change in us. It's supposed to lead us to obedience. And for me, that's the biggest difference between your average Bible study group and a grow group. Often, a Bible study group is concerned with knowing more about the Bible. So people go to Bible study so they can know more, and there's nothing wrong with knowing. But a grow group is not a place where you can know more about the Bible but it's a place where you can obey what the Bible says. That the focus is different. It's not knowledge and information, but it's transformation. It is encouraging you, okay, this is what God said, what are you gonna do about it? How are you gonna apply that to your life? Healthy grow groups have a passion for loving relationships. And loving each other includes fellowship, includes caring for each other, it includes obeying God together. And then third and final, Healthy communities have a passion for reproducing disciples. We, uh, as you know, have, five, have had five fruit trees in our backyard. And one's a navel orange. and We have mango and a fig tree and a peach tree and an avocado tree. And as you know, we had a freeze last year. And we've been trying to care for these trees, watering them and uh, pruning them and fertilizing them. And just kind of hoping they make it. And I'm I'm glad to tell you the navel tree is looking good. Uh, The mango tree is dead. The fig tree, I don't know. I look at it, it has 10 branches and three leaves. I don't know whether to feel compassion or be upset at it. And then there's the peach tree. I pruned it really nice. I mean, like magazine perfect pruning. And uh, and now it has a lot of leaves. It has some blooms. So there's hope and the avocado tree is completely gone. And you know, we cared for them the same. We, 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 we looked after them, we watered them, we fertilized them, we pruned them, but some uh, will produce fruit and some will not. And Jesus tells us that one of the important things about being connected to him and being in community is that we will bear fruit. He says it nine times. He uses the word fruit nine times. It's interesting. Remain eight times, love nine times, and fruit nine times. I think it's important. Disciples are expected to bear fruit. What does it mean? Fruit is the evidence that a branch is connected to the tree. Fruit is the evidence of what kind of tree you are. Fruit is the external expression of an internal reality. So in a community of disciples, in a grow group, fruit is the evidence that you're connected to Christ and that you're loving one another. It shows others. And also implies reproduction. One branch reproduces multiple bunches of grapes and each bunch produces multiple grapes. And a healthy grapevine will produce more grapes all the time. And a healthy community will produce fruit and will reproduce. Christ makes it clear that we cannot produce fruit on our own. That's his job. That's his work. We can't save people. So why does Christ tell us the importance of bearing fruit if it's not up to us to bear fruit? If the only thing we can do is to stay connected and to love one another and to obey? I think the reason he tells us that we're expected to bear fruit is so that we would desire it, so that we would be poised for it. So that we would position ourselves in such a way that He will produce the fruit, and we'll be expecting it. What a what a great thing uh, it is to to see a group, a community of young adults who who love God and who are willing to make a trip to San Antonio and and minister to Afghan refugees who who disciple others and who baptize people. We had a baptism here today of a young adult. There was a baptism in a swimming pool earlier this week of of someone that came to know Christ because one of our young adults. That's that out dimension. That's that reproduction of disciples. Healthy groups have a passion to see others become followers of Jesus. They, They help them to belong before they believe. Healthy groups know that they don't exist for themselves, only but for those who are still out. The Bible reminds us in 1 Peter tonight, and this is something for each one of you communities, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out from darkness into his marvelous light. That's who you are. As As a grow group, as a community of disciples, Declaring the praises of him who called you from darkness into his wonderful light. Healthy groups multiply, reproduce. These are the passions of healthy groups. The the things that Jesus told us in the allegory of the vine. He said, Healthy communities remain in Christ, he's divine. They relate in love to the other branches. And they reproduce disciples. Those are the grapes, the fruit. My question for you today is, do you belong to a healthy community of disciples? If you do, then great. And then keep growing, keep encouraging. Or or maybe the question for you today as a grow group is, which of these areas do we need to grow in? Is it the remaining? Is it the relating? Or is it the reproducing? Is it the up, the in, or the out? Is it about the vine, the branches, or the grapes that we need to focus on? In your cards today, you'll see there are some options for responding. Maybe your commitment today is to join a grow group, to say, I'm going to figure out where the grow groups are, and I'm going to join one, because I want to be a part of of this that Jesus talks about. Or maybe... Uh, you're already part of a girl group, but you haven't been really participating. You're going to say, I'm going to participate, and I'm going to, I'm going to help my group become well-balanced in the up-in-and-out, to remain in Christ, to, to relate in love, and to reproduce disciples. Or maybe you want to start one. Maybe you say, hey, I want to, I want to start a girl group. I'm ready. And we can help you with that. This Thursday, we're going to do something called The Bridge. For those of you that maybe you're interested, but you're not sure quite how to start, then uh, this Thursday, Pastor David Chan and Christy are going to start a, uh, a group called The Bridge on Thursday nights at our cafe. And it's meant to sort of help you wet your appetite, get your feet wet. And, and after that experience, is a short-term experience, and say, okay, I'm ready to join a group or I'm ready to start a group. So maybe that's the commitment that you need to make today. How is it that God is calling you today to grow in community, to be a branch that is connected to him, that loves others and that bears fruit? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this invitation that you give us to be connected to you. You are the true vine. You are the source of life. And we are so thankful for that. Help us to be the kind of disciples that bear fruit. Help us to be disciples in loving community. So whatever response you need from us today, help us to step out in obedience and in faith. And during this moment, help us to prepare our hearts for the Lord's Supper. During this moment, help us to be in prayer. This 40 days of prayer, we're praying for the great commandment for us to be great commandment people. Pray for Ukraine. praying for your glory among the nations. So as we respond, allow your spirit to lead. I'm gonna invite you to stand together as we sing. If you feel led to come to the front and get on your knees to pray, this is a time of response. Or if you need to respond where you are, make a commitment there. This is a time for you to prepare your heart as we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Make sure that you have one of those communion kits with you so that after the song we can together partake of the bread and the cup.